Just wanted to give a big shout out to our latest patron, Chris Weirman. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you, sir. If you too would like to become a patron, go to dialpodcast.com to learn more. Thanks and enjoy the show. Shut up and sit down. Have you ever wondered how you'd measure up against a pro cyclist? I rode my bike to the store. Give you some context, the average speed of a Tour de France rider is between 40 and 45 kilometers an hour over the course of the race. That is fast. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Bernard Hinault once said you can't win without suffering. Whether it's in the mountains or in a time trial, you have to spare no effort. You may feel drained at the finish, but the joy of winning helps you forget everything. Enjoy the podcast. These are all riders who are comfortable putting out 350 plus watts for an hour and who can hold 400 plus for minutes on end. What's interesting though is when you try and go toe to toe with the pros, it's just how big the gap between amateurs and pros really is. Ah, to be bike rider. Well, it's a hard sport. It's better to choose something different. <laughs> nah, it's beautiful sport. You can, yeah, see a lot of country and beautiful places by bicycle and uh, for sure it's healthy. And uh, yeah, some tip, just uh, never give up. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Durgen. I'm here with Lance Epler. Lance Romance on location in Idaho. In on Idaho. Location. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With mustard in my mustache because I ate pickles and mustard and, and tomatoes and on some fancy are, bread. Okay, are you wow. pregnant? Are you pregnant or something? What's I going on? I might be. <laughs> Prager's romance. Yep. And to my left, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking picklish. I don't know. <laughs> and across the table from me, Mr. Evan Price. What are we all drinking today? We're all actually drinking almost the same brand here, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're. That's why I think that. Yeah, we we got to pick up a sponsor. Uh, simple Bubble truth. Water. This is uh, simple truth organic. This is from Kroger. What is this from? We've slowly moved away from the Costco Kirkland brand. I think we're Costco. More I don't towards think that's Kroger. Kroger. Right I think that's a. Isn't that um, a Target brand? Oh, is it? Okay. I, I, I don't think, know. I don't know. But if Costco yeah. wants to sponsor the podcast, we will take you back. It we will says, take you back. It says Kroger here. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this is Kroger. Okay, maybe it is. I don't We're know. not too yeah. proud. We're not I'm too sure proud. I'm sure Target's got another brand that's probably very, very similar. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. They're all I'm same. not sure how these things magically appeared in my fridge. My only guess is that my wife was at Target and grabbed some. That's why I assume that. So. Probably. Awesome. Um, and I've got some LaCroix here. The Coffee Exotica. Cool. How about we jump into some lead-out news? Mr. Hep, where are you at? Where do you want? What do you want? You leading what? us out with some uh, backpedal or backpedaling here? Backpedal. We can do it all. See, I threw a little. Cur- did make, I say lead out news? Make make We're all make it work. Make Hepler work, man. I want lead out news, backpedal, and then you can ask the PT a question. I don't no, know. No, we Just want go. backpedal and then lead out news. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I am in Idaho. I'm in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, I spent this last week at home um, in, in, uh, Vancouver, Washington, but, uh, my wife and I came down with the dog and my mother to help my mother come out here for, we helped her drive out here for a couple weeks, my 80 year old mother who is fantastic. So, but, uh, my week has been fantastic. I had a really good week on the bike. 
put in uh, almost 15 and a half hours and about 270 miles. Um, funnier, believe it or not, Jake and I rode together a couple times, and we ended up just hurting each other every time we rode with each other. Yeah, you guys are not good, like, training buddies. You guys, <laughs> there's no, like, you're not going to have that part of your training where you actually recover and get faster because you guys just bury each other every day. Uh, we have our like, wives for it, yeah. like, it was like Tuesday afternoon. We have a, a friend of ours, uh, David Salzberg, who lives in Vancouver here, and he texted me and says, hey, do you want to ride tonight? And I said, sure, I'm going to ride with Jake, and we're going to ride in North Clark County, and it's probably going to be hard. And he's like, all right. So I meet up with uh, with him, and we kind of roll out to Jake's place pretty easily, going like 16, 17 miles an hour. As soon as we hit Jake, it was 24 miles an hour on for like the next 30 miles. <laughs> That's so crazy. So we just flogged each other for the next, you know, hour and a half, just working some segments, working really hard. We, um, it was good. It was good just to to hurt a little bit on the bike and do some work and have some friends there. And I think I even leaned over to Jake near the end of the ride and said, I just miss racing. I miss racing. Yep. So, because it was kind of, a, it was like race simulation is what it was. It was that, so, it was kind of like a team ride too, where we would go out and punish each other. So I kind of missed that element as well. Cause we really haven't had that very much. No, we haven't. We stopped doing, even though we were doing group rides with, five or eight people we stopped doing that when when the covid numbers weren't really dropping so we haven't really been riding in groups at all either you know for the whole last couple months yeah so cool so that was fun we did that i rode with my wife a little bit um and then i headed out to uh the banks vernonia trail if you've heard of that there's a little town called banks oregon and a little town called Vernonia, Oregon, and there's an old railroad trail that was uh, repurposed into a bike trail. It was all paved, and it's 21 miles one way. And um, I actually had a dental appointment out there, so I went early enough so I could ride the uh, ride the the trail beforehand. And it's it, kind of funny. There's a, there's a segment, an out and back on that segment where you go 21 miles out and 21 miles back. So it's a 42 mile segment. And I wanted to go really hard on the whole thing. I didn't really look at the leaderboard beforehand. Um, I just figured I'd go really hard and see how it went. There's about 1,500 feet of climbing in it, so it's not really flat. You're like going uphill most of the way there and then going downhill most of the way back. But I averaged almost 21 miles an hour, and it took me just over two hours to do this 21-mile segment. I get done, and I'm feeling really good about myself that I had gone so hard and had been so good and uh, I upload my ride and it turns out I was second on that um, segment by none other than uh, Joey Jojo Jr. Mr. Shabadoo, Dr. Chris Hannell, who had the KOM on that segment about a month ago and he only beat me by about 14 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> He absolutely crushed me. I think he's an alien. He's actually my age. Dr. Hannell's the same age as me. We're both 50. And so I I was embarrassed to call myself a cyclist after seeing what, what he did. So, so freakishly strong. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. So my question is, how do you guys feel comfortable going that fast on some of those bike paths? In my, and I'm asking that because like I feel like a lot of times 
all of a sudden there's some kid on, you know, some mom in a stroller and some kid on, you know, training wheels or whatever. And they pop out of nowhere and you're going 20, you know, you're going slower um, than someone like Hanel, but like, you know, someone, someone's going pretty fast on those bike paths, especially on the when, downhill section. When Hanel did it, he started at six thirty in the morning. So there was right. almost nobody on it. I left at like nine thirty in the morning. So there were people that's, on it, but I had a bell time. on my bike. Okay. And so I was dinging the bell and warning people. And I actually slowed down quite a bit when I hit that's traffic. About yeah. 14 and a half minutes that, of slowdown, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's 14. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what I calculated. Down. Yeah, that bike path, you've got pretty good line of sight, too. So and there's not too many like okay. tributaries into that system that you're going to miss somebody. And you definitely know when things are coming up. They give you little warning signs. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the week, um, actually, Jake and I went out for another big, long ride on Saturday. It was one of our hottest days of the year here. It ended up being like 99 degrees during that ride. We rode 80 miles. It took us about four and a half hours. And Jake and I were really good for about three and a half hours of that. Yeah. <laughs> the, last, the last hour, we both uh, were dehydrated and probably falling apart a little bit. It was one of those times where our our heart rate was higher than our watts that we were putting out and so we both kind of knew we were in trouble we needed to uh get some fluids and chill out and get home so but we still had a blast yep so yep fun riding that was my week cool and i drove to idaho and here i am <laughs> sitting in idaho so matt what's your backpedal yeah i've been uh swimming a lot and uh making it to the master swim practice and stuff like that. But I did get on the brand new bike a couple of times this week, took a trip with the family out to lost Lake, which is kind of following in Jake's shadow. You went there the weekend before. Yeah. We were there a couple of weeks ago. I brought the road bike and, uh, did get a ride in. Um, it's basically straight down and then straight back up. So I was feeling that heat exhaustion that you guys were talking yeah. about yesterday as well. I brought one water bottle, which was not smart. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I think it was just, you know, when you're climbing for an extended amount of time and there's just no air movement. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like if you get a little bit of wind, you kind of feel better, but I was hurting, uh, in the heat, but still I didn't do a crazy long ride or anything like that. Trying to get back for family time. But what was really cool is just when you're up on top and you're at the lake and you have Mount Hood in the background. Oh, it's a spectacular um, backdrop. Yeah, I was able to do a lot of like open water swimming while I was there and I was running on some of the trails while I was there. So I had myself a good old triathlon camp time. Very pumped about yeah. that. I'll try to post like some sort of video or something, maybe to Instagram or someplace like that, uh, going over that stuff because it was a good trip and I did bring camera stuff. So I'll have something to put together. Maybe not like a full video, but something quick and sure and, and snappy. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Mr. Evan Price. Um yeah. It was warm yesterday. <laughs> That's about all I got. That's <laughs> You went on the That's it. Spent some time on the bike trainer. Um no nah, I think maybe Friday I spent some time on the bike trainer through the week. Uh it's been mostly like a run focus sort of block. Oh. So yeah, outside that I did a test set um out at Vancouver Lake, which is where we're going to be doing our full Ironman here in like later September. You still confident in that location? Yeah. What about yeah. the swim? You thinking you're going to swim and then drive down and? Uh, we'll either swim in the Columbia or we're going to swim okay. in the Horseshoe and then drive down. I haven't decided if yet. If you can make it to where your swim is downstream, 
you're going to be fine. Oh, it could be like, yeah. a, uh, I will never top that, that, that 4K swim if we decide to swim down downstream. That's it's a just, fast it's, swim. It's just that easy. Oh, yeah. Or we could just go upstream and then just blame it on that and, you know, just just go straight upstream and then yeah. get like an hour and a half swim in. <laughs> but, yeah, um, outside of that, I got very dehydrated on the ride Saturday so or Sunday, so I need to kind of readdress that. And Did you have people with you on sunday i mean i know you had horseshoe lake i'm sure you had a big group um we we swam at horseshoe our our usual crew down yeah. there um which then, was were fun. you on your own on the bike yeah 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 i went i went to vancouver lake by myself just to get the work did in. you run afterwards um i was planning on it and decided not to so it's I too could, hot yeah yeah it was yeah. just a little bit too dehydrated a little bit too hot but uh saturday i actually rode with uh david goodman for his bachelor party which was just bachelor he, party his, on his bikes. bachelor party was like a bike ride just on yeah. bikes yeah that guy yeah, is, we, i love that guy he's we awesome. went out to dustin's driveway and hung out there and that was fun so yeah that's so cool <laughs> yep he's he's making lemonade with lemons that's for sure so david's david's probably best bachelor party if it came down to him he'd probably just choose to ride his bike anyway yeah. i think i think that's probably what he would do so yeah, yeah. how cool is that guy it all right being good <laughs> that's yep. cool awesome yep my back pedal real quick is um i rode with lance a few times we already talked about that got a few other trainer rides in and got about 11 hours total on the bike which was pretty good this week and uh capped it off with about two and a half hours on the old sup board with my wife it's cool that you guys are making those date nights i'm i'm not gonna say i'm gonna copy you but that's what I that's want awesome. to do. <laughs> I want to copy yeah. you. We've actually thought like it would be fun to invite other couples to come out and do it yeah. with us and just kind of hang out. I mean, you don't have to all stay together, but it's just kind of yeah. nice to have different people out there, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I just need to get my kids' coverage figured out, and then I'm coming Drop out them off there. with my kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good work. Yeah. So um, other than that, just been cranking away and dealing with uh, my shoulder that's been a little bit cranky lately. I went to the doctor this past week to have my checkup and um, kind of complained a little bit about the fact that it's been hurting quite a bit lately and um, was informed that that's because my cortisone shot is wearing off. So it all kind of makes sense. So I will uh, stay at it with Evan and keep doing my physical therapy and keep crying about it when I'm on the bike and try and just get through life. Always fun. So seems like your biking's going well. It's I mean, going all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going poorly, but it's not where I want it to be. It still bothers yeah. me. Yeah, but you're not, I mean, there's no races. Yeah. What, what do we say? We're training for training camp. Exactly. So, I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, it's. Yeah. The only bad part about my shoulder is that um, it's more like the stuff, like when I lift my arms up, like closer to like shoulder height. Yeah. When you're riding a bike, your hands down. So I do deal with some fatigue and some some pain when I use it to do certain mov- movements. But the, the the work that I've been doing with Evan has done a really good job to strengthen and stabilize what I've got going on. It's just all of the other motions outside of that range of motion that just haven't been super happy. So uh, thankfully, I'm able to ride. There are just certain things that I can't do yet, but I'll get there. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So cool. Champ Bailey, you around? Champ Bailey is here. Here I am. Okay, um, in full disclosure, we're all a little disheveled because we just recorded a whole hour and then we lost it. So now we're trying to remember what we <laughs> talked about and what we didn't talk about. So we had to start over, and this has never happened to us before, so we all feel like idiots, and uh, uh, this is real life. So yeah. here we go. Just the computer said, I this think is going to restart right now. This is, <laughs> it's a good time to restart. I don't care about this whole podcasting thing you're this doing. Is, when I make videos, this is what happens to me in like every other video at least. <laughs> and so the fact that it doesn't happen to us very much on the podcast is amazing because i'm just thinking to myself like yep uh went through that whole thing forgot to turn on the microphone Uh, or you know (laughs) like that happens to me all the time so 
So we're under time pressure because uh, people have lives and things to go to. So here we go. Um, there was a stage race this week. The Criterion Dauphiné. Did Ooh, I say it right? Nailed Evan? the pronunciation. Okay, because I screwed it up in the last hour, but now I'm saying. No it. one knows about that, Lance. Just move on. The, no the Criterion Dauphiné. Um, it was quite exciting racing. Uh, it was five. The Criterium is usually the big precursor to the Tour de France. It's usually a week long. This time it was only five days long. Um, the Tour de France starts in two weeks, so it's kind of close to it. But a lot of the big hitters that are going to be competing in the Tour de France came to this race to kind of test themselves a little bit. Um, it was super exciting racing. I only watch the highlights every day because... You're busy because it, because I'm because I'm not busy. That's all I wanted to watch. So I watch the highlights <laughs> every week, and um, the the first stage was really quite fun because uh, our friend Wout Van Aert ended up uh, winning again. He out sprinted some sprinters, and he ended up finishing the week in the green jersey. So good for Wout. That was kind of fun. Um, the rest of the week, it was a battle between Team Ineos and between Team Jumbo Visma. So those two teams were kind of battling back and forth for the the front of the peloton on the final climbs, and Jumbo Visma working for Primos Roglic and and uh, Team Ineos working for Egon um, Bernal. So they were kind of both fighting for the front, and I, Jumbo Visma kind of out played him a few times um egon bernal ended up dropping out after the second or third stage there because a, of back problems it seemed like there was a whole bunch of people that dropped out and almost i mean some of it was like intelligently dropping out to yeah you know i don't know if it was a tour they would not have dropped out nope. no they wouldn't have i mean egon uh dropped out for team ineos and even primos roglic after winning Winning a stage, winning a second. I think he won one stage and he was second in another stage, but he crashed on day four and scraped himself up. Didn't really get hurt, but he, you know, banged his body on the ground. So that always yeah. kind of hurts. And so he did not start the final stage. And um, so he dropped out as well. So an EF education writer ended up winning the whole thing. Daniel but, Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. Daniel Martinez from EF education. And he kind of. He kind of out, he outrode Thibaut Pinot on the final stage, oh, even though, yes, yeah, to, to kind of take the win for the for the Dauphiné, which was kind of exciting. One of the big revelations of the week was Sepp Kuss. I don't know if it's a revelation anymore because he had an awesome year last year. He, I think, he won a tour stage in the Tour of Italy, I think. But he, um, he, uh, um, he just was fantastic for Jumbo Visma and for Primoz Roglic all week he was the last man standing um for primos roglic and led him up the final climbs on like the middle three days which was really cool to see he's an american from durango colorado um and, and on the final day day five he rode away from the whole field and everybody else and won the stage so that was exciting to see he's quite a revelation he might have a future in this sport he's so. a talent yep he might that keep biking. Fun. Who knows? <laughs> that was fun. Um, in other big news this week, um, uh, Remco Evenpool, who was probably one of the Tour de France favorites, was in a race. I don't remember where the race was, but he... It was um, Il Lombardi. 
Lombardi, thank Lombardia. you. He he was on a descent, was coming across he he overcooked a corner and hit a he hit a bridge wall, Ugh. went over the wall, fell like thirty feet into some trees, and broke his pelvis. So his season is done. He's out for the tour. Um, his team director said, I don't care what happened, I'm just glad he's alive. Yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy so, thing. Like one minute you're flying on your bike and you're in the heat of a race, and next thing you know you're like flying through the air into trees and breaking stuff. It's just it's yeah. surreal. Yeah, biking and is mean, dangerous. Yeah. And he's such a strong, strong rider too. It's just when you know it's that. It just seems like there's a strange amount of top guys right now going down. Um, another one that we yeah, missed was um, uh, Emmanuel Buchmann, uh, uh, the German yeah, Bukeman, guy yeah. from Bora. Um, separated his shoulder, which means there's a chance he could be out of the tour, which would be a huge blow because he's actually a really good underdog pick right now. Yes. Bugman's one of the best climbers in the world. I mean, top five climber in the world, like just pure climber. So that is a huge loss for Bora. Yeah. So, yeah, we lost some people that were Tour de France favorites um, this week. So I do think that Egon Bernal and Primoz Roglic are going to line up. I think they'll be okay for that. They just think they were playing their cards smartly for the Dauphiné, which didn't really matter. So, Which we will be talking about more in a minute here anyway. Yeah. That's the plan. If the computer doesn't um, restart again. What is so. if it does? <laughs> <laughs> Um, other than that, I don't have a whole uh, lot of other racing news. Um, nothing that I thought mattered at Mo- this point. Most importantly, though, Champ, is the 5K world record that was set. 16-year-old okay, world Kent record. Bailey out. No more <laughs> cycling talk. <laughs> Matt, Matt LeGrand in. Matt LeGrand, what well, happened to the track world? New, new 5K <laughs> world record, uh, 1235. Five. Yes, 1235. We, we think it's around 401 pace or something like that yeah. for 5K. It's crazy because the world record. It's a 16-year-old world record. Kenesini Bakele is Bekele, it, yeah. Yeah, who also Bekele. holds the 10K world record. So, which is also, I mean, all of these records are super questionable. But it's yeah. amazing for me. It's like, hey, there hasn't been drug testing in the past four or five months. What does that mean? Like, are Sh- people playing a game here? Shepty guy also trains with Bakele, I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so. There's some really good water in that camp. There's just they, yeah. they are they are drinking excellent electrolytes. Yeah, I'm and sure, it, but. I mean he's a good runner. It's not like he hasn't had yeah, he's a great big runner, performances yeah. in the past. But I think that's a big jump from it's his a, former. It's crazy. That's a big jump. Whenever you he's see fast, those yeah. times, anything really anything under like and it was in 12, a race. It's it was like, in a race too. It's, like it was in a Diamond League race. Like yeah, and I, yeah, he has soloed it. Yeah. Well. And the Diamond League stuff is pretty much where all the world records have been set if you look back. Yeah. And yeah. I always wonder, like, yeah, they drug test those probably, but they want those world records. They do. So but maybe not. They don't, they, don't, yeah. they don't care that much about the drug testing. They yeah. do care about the world records. They, not so you much know, about the positive tests. That's, that's where the money is. You get the world records there. That's a huge publicity piece that for is. them. So. That is. That's everything. Which <sighs> we will be talking about more in a minute here in terms of cycling. <laughs> sure. <laughs> In the meantime, PTs and 
doctors are not the same person, but we're gonna um, we're gonna ask a PT kind of a medical related question. We normally have uh, Jesse Tonkinson on to talk about this, and he did allude to the fact that he wanted to talk about this, but he is up to his eyeballs with um, med school, and mm-hmm. he's about ready to become a dad for the first time, and I'm sure he's trying to get settled into a, a new city. So um, we're gonna steal this one from him, and we're gonna let Evan talk about um, by asking a PT the difference between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Well, we'll bring on Dr. Hanel for this next time for to, hey, there to you discuss go. this. There you okay, go. so last segment I had is down to 60 seconds. We'll drop this down to 30 seconds now. If you are experiencing similar symptoms to what Lance, Jake, and myself were experiencing on Saturday and Sunday in 100-degree weather, if you're from the Pacific Northwest and have pale white skin and don't deal with the heat super well, usually heat exhaustion is not going to require a call to 911. You're talking about... Your typical, uh, if you've ridden a bike in heat and long, long enough and you've made mistakes hydration-wise, you've probably had it happen where you get dizzy, you get lightheaded, and you start to get that, that where you have stopped sweating and your skin becomes almost that dry, kind of salty texture, and you start to get a, a faster pulse that is weaker. So as we were joking about earlier, if your watts are basically matching your heart rate and it feels really hard, you could be creeping up towards heat exhaustion, especially if it is hot, your skin's getting that, that kind of dry, clammy feel, and you are getting pale, you're looking over at your buddy, you're getting a little confused and lightheaded. Those are all heat exhaustion symptoms. That's where you need to really consider what route you're doing and probably call it a day at that point and really get home, get cool, and make sure that you are you know, drinking your fluids and uh, electrolyte replacements. If you are experiencing a heat of stroke, that is a call 911 situation. It is also a situation where you should actually not be drinking copious amount of water if you are experiencing a heat stroke, or if you're monitoring somebody that is. The biggest difference between these two, if you are in a very confused state, if the one thing you can remember this is, from this is, a heat stroke is going to have a very strong pulse, and it is going to be raised heart rate. So it's different than heat exhaustion where that pulse, where the pulse strength has actually weakened, but the heart rate's high. In heat stroke, the pulse you know, strength has increased again and the heart rate is high. Um, also, the skin can become much more moist during a heat stroke than just during heat exhaustion where it's kind of that dry, dry sensation. Um, anytime that you believe somebody is experiencing a heat stroke, please call 911. If it is you and you are, have the wherewithal to call 911, definitely do it. When you're at the hospital, they just IV you? Yes. Uh, there's, there's a triage of treatment from there, but yeah. Yeah. Usually the very first thing is I think they need to cool down your core temp initially. Okay. It depends, but yeah. Two things. First is it's a good re- this is a good reason why you should be training and riding with a heart rate monitor and a power yeah. meter because you can start to look at these metrics and you can start to see these things actually coming on before you start to physically feel them. If you're just riding blind, you very well could get yourself into a bad spot and find yourself getting closer to that heat stroke um, a little too late. If you're watching your power numbers and you're watching your heart rate and you're seeing things starting to skew in the wrong directions, mm-hmm. um, you can definitely start to make some wiser decisions in terms of, hey, maybe I need to just pull over and chill out for a bit or stop in and get some more water or just call the sag wagon to come pick you up. It's not worth it at the end of the day to uh, get that heat stroke. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is how many people cringed when you said the word moist? Probably most. Fifty <laughs> percent or made, more. Uh, of our made sure my my choice of words was very specific there. Yeah. Love it. That's funny. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you for that, Evan. That was uh, good information, especially can, since we're going to probably be dealing with this heat stuff for a few more weeks. So, um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, cool. Let's jump into Patreon, a Patreon update, you guys. Uh, Mr. Chris Wehrman is our latest Patreon. We just wanted to say thank you to Chris. And he actually chimed in on our um, podcast last week, if you go to the podcast on the website. And I, I think he helped set the things straight here with the pronunciation of Wout Van Art's oh, name. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. pretty funny and mm-hmm. helpful at the same time. Chris, thanks, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we were all kind of poking at Lance, saying that Lance was saying it wrong, and it turns out um, we were all incorrect. So Champ Bailey was saying mm-hmm. it correctly. Champ no, Bailey, sorry. Champ Bailey, whatever he pronounces is always correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Champ Bailey, I, I believe Champ Bailey is a genius. I think you just need to bow down to his yeah. uh He uh, defines how it's pronounced. So. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then uh, while we're on the topic of Patreon and Champ <laughs> Bailey and the real Champ Bailey, there have been some new, uh, I don't know, revelations as to who these people might ah. be, but I don't know. We need to like post where you can find these people's Strava accounts or, or, or Instagram well, accounts or whatever. The real Champ Bailey has a Strava account now and I know, followed but I can't all find four it. of us. I can't find it. The Champ Bailey? Yeah. Uh, th- did they not follow you? Well, I mean, my... It's too much triathlon talk on my uh, on my Strava. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I don't know who follows me and who doesn't. And, so. and uh, the or just Champ Bailey is uh, out there as well. And there have been some um, messages sent to us via Patreon that I will make sure to post on the Dial Podcast uh, Facebook page. So go to Dial Podcast on Facebook and you can see some of that stuff and more stuff that will be posted. We've had a few more messages come through, it's which is actually kind like of funny. On Facebook and on Strava, we're all going to be kind of following out, trying to figure out who this is. I want to know who they are. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Should be interesting. <laughs> fun <So>. challenge. <laughs> all right. Our topic for the day, Tour de France, you guys. Let's talk about Tour de France. Um, Le Tour. Le Tour. There's a few questions that we've <clears> all had, and I'm, there's probably a bunch more. And then we're going to make some uh, predictions based on uh, jerseys and our thoughts and everything going on to date. And things could change. Um, there's a we, lot of what unknowns. are we betting? What are we betting on these? Oh, good call. I don't know. What do you want to bet? We could do sparkling water. We could do. There was there was a case of sparkling water bed last year. I think I think there needs to be Is a little what it was? steeper this time. Case of beer yeah. this time. It wasn't a case of sparkling water, was it? I thought it was, wasn't it? Or was it just one sparkling water per? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Either way, yeah. like a case of sparkling water would be good because then it's like we can break it out each episode and drink them. But mm-hmm. we could also do beer. I'm not really drinking the beers. Cool. Yeah. But okay. I'm drinking oh, you know cider good. That's okay. You're not going to win. cider me. <laughs> yeah. As long as Lance doesn't win it, a good one would be uh, Sierra Nevada. Uh, yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Their hard kombucha. That stuff Carlos is so hooked us up. good. Yes. <laughs> Carlos has hooked me up to that. That that strange beast is absolutely delicious. It's it's Sierra it's Sierra Nevada's like uh, uh, hard kombucha. Yeah, they've got three yeah. different flavors and they're just spectacular. Yeah. If you like the kombucha stuff, so there is cool. Um, we'll come back to that. We'll we'll put some wagering down because we want to make sure that Lance can play too. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we also got to make sure that this is actually going to happen in two weeks. I know we're yeah. all pretty decently confident the tour is yeah. going to happen. But well, yeah. it doesn't sound like they're not i mean the criterium just happened so i'd be shocked if the tour did not yeah, yeah. and i did watch I, some i pilot. think it's gonna happen yeah. now yeah. i do think it's gonna happen i think the 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 future of professional cycling in europe at least basically needs the tour i don't yeah. think they're they're able to be doing racing in 2021 without the tour yeah so let's get into some questions um first and foremost will chris Froome be on the Ineos roster when the tour starts well, that has not been confirmed yet. Right. Ineos has yeah. not made their final decision as of Monday, August 17th, when we're recording this for the second time. 
Um, <laughs> Take two. So, <laughs> I, have, I have also I decided to pull my support for Chris Froome. That was so adamant two weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, where I was, was convinced he was oddly, going to win the tour. He was very oddly adamant that you. I was. Win. I was very adamant that I believed he was going to come back and just be like otherworldly. But you know. I can't imagine that they will leave him off the roster, but it's only it's an eight-person roster. Who would yeah, they put? Person, yeah, the, the the question is who would replace him is is the bigger question because they they have to build a team that's purely around Bernal winning, and I don't think I don't think that they have somebody who can fill that okay. slot. Okay, I have a theory. Yeah. So this <laughs> whole game of like Ineos, we haven't announced our team yet. We, you know, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we'll tell you tomorrow. And then they're like, oh, we're going to push it back a week. You know, that whole bit, all of this is just a big ploy to scare Chris Froome into being like, you are going to, you better ride how we tell you to ride. Yeah. Because maybe yeah. they don't want to be like, hey, uh, you know, Chris, of course, Chris is on here. And then he's like, yeah, of course I'm on here. I can do whatever I want to. And then he just goes and does his own race by himself. Yeah. You know, they want to scare him into thinking like they they might not take me on this whole thing at all, which they could, they won't, but the, the real truth is they're going to take him, but they want to make sure that he's going to like follow the rules. So they're like, we don't, we're not going to announce our team yet. And Chris is shaking in his boots right now. It's <laughs> the last possible. thing he's doing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think he's shaking his boots. Well, I mean, if he doesn't get to do the tour, he's going to be yeah. upset. Oh, of course he will be. And he's leaving anyway at the yeah, end of the he's year. He's leaving anyway. So they're waiting for him to be like, I promise I'll behave. I'll help however I'm supposed to help. And then they're going to be like, okay, you're on the team. That's that's my theory. That's my theory. And that's the fun part of making up stuff about cycling that I have no idea about. <laughs> Do you think but, he's going to follow orders? Yeah. I think, think so. Um, that could be subservient here. Yeah, I think he – so my theory is that the first week is going to be hard and that they'll kind of have a clear direction as to who the leader is and then everyone will fall into place, do their job. And, you know, usually what ha- – at a lot of these races, I won't say usually, but a lot of times it's like the last week is the hardest and people are falling apart and yep. then you figure out who the leader is. Oh, it's Garrett Thomas. Like, okay, like let's all get behind him. Uh, and so I think that this year might be slightly different, but I don't know. We'll see. Could be interesting. I, I don't know. I I think that he's got nothing to lose. I mean, yeah, that's true. It's like, what are you going to kick me off the team if I like if they exactly. start to support Bernal and he's like, I'm still the stronger guy. Yeah. If he's still the stronger guy. And can he do it without all of uh, Ineos helping him? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, it, it just depends on the timing. I think I think if it's like he's going from day one trying to do the whole three weeks on his own. No. But if it's like, hey, um, this person cracked and we're at the end of the stage and if I go, I'm looking pretty good. Like I need to put in, you know, a minute and like then, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I just think it depends on the situation, especially if it's towards the end of the whole tour, then sure, he could do something crazy. Um, I I don't think he can kind of just take it from the beginning. I guess if he did, I don't know. I just don't know how that would look. I'm just kind of curious how it's going to look in the beginning. Like if yeah. he has an opportunity to go hard, maybe they're going to say that they're supporting Bernal and he decides that I'm going to show them that I'm the stronger guy and maybe try and drop Bernal. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't right. think, I honestly think it, if I had to pick a biggest disappointment for the entire tour this year, I'm going to say it's going to be from, yeah, that's just my two cents, but I could be wrong and he could very well come out and just Guns ablazing. Yeah. Maybe he tries to put himself in the position of saying, "All right, we've got a tough decision to make here." He's 
you know, got the ability to to ride hard. We know that we got he's got the ability to win a Grand Tour and the Tour de France. Who's to say that he can't just go out there and put himself in a position where they have no choice but to support him? Because here's another question mark: yeah. What's the deal with Bernal on his back? Right, exactly. Yeah. I know we should definitely mention that. But and the, and there's other people on that team that are studly as well. I mean, he's not the oh, those aren't the only yeah. ones that. I've got I've got a pretty. So this is this is the thing with Ineos right now is they just came down from altitude training right before the criterium. Uh-huh. So I think the criterium is not going to be a good display of what that team's actually capable of right now. But here's the, the, the part that people are forgetting is really if you look at that race, the best Ineos rider was Sivakov dur- during that race. Bernal tried once to hurt Roglic and got counterattacked and dropped hard. Yeah. You know, like like not just kind of dropped. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at Lance on on Skype here uh, and telling him to keep it down. Or you could mute him. You can always mute Lance. <laughs> yeah, we can just mute him at this point. He's but like, he has no control over. Oh, his he muted himself. Look at that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just think, but yeah, I think I think you you you've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen in it. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. you got a lot of guys coming off of basically individualized training over the last few months. Decently individualized training right. compared to how Ineos would usually operate. And I think you're seeing that there's a lot of varied fitness. I am going 180 degrees from what I thought with Chris Froome. I think Garrett Thomas and Chris Froome are going to be useless during the tour. Really? I really, I really think when they were supposed to be at the front during the criterium, they were weak, like really, really weak. And they got dropped out quick. And I yeah. hate saying that about G because I love G. I oh, think, yeah. I think yeah, Garrett yeah. Thomas is one of my well, favorite. Him yeah. and Brad Wiggins are two of my favorite cyclists of all time. Interesting. Period. Okay. I yeah. love them both. I just think you're right. I think that. And I think Bernal looked super exposed. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, last year in the tour, he was on some unreal fitness. Right. But I don't. This is. I think this year's tour, especially if like Bukeman's injured and out, if Roglic is now weakened from that crash. If Bernal's back is bothering him, this is going to be the most wide open tour in a lot. Like this is kind of a be. weak tour. I mean, it really, if you if you maybe. look at the top, I think it's kind of a weak tour, which is good because that's going to make for a super exciting tour. And anybody could slip in. And there. We're just still tra- we're still starting to see like who's been training the past five yeah. months. Who's been Who has the fitness? Who's yeah. been not being drug tested for the yeah. past five? That's a good so question, right there. We though. we all know one thing for sure: T.J. Van Gardren is clean as a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> he for sure whatever dope was going around he didn't get any yeah he, he got passed poor guy hard i feel pass. terrible for him he's the <laughs> nicest guy in the world and he got he's dropped in, hard during the criteria oh, multiple man. times but yeah yeah he I, I just feel for it i feel for him i was oh, yeah, sure I if he was still racing so to he, hear the fact that he's still racing is cool but yeah yeah sounds he like he had a rough did he so win hard. that race a couple years back he, he was in contention one year years back and then i oh god i don't i feel bad if he actually won i do not believe he I won it but i think he was close yeah okay interesting um ef speaking of tj van Garderen, mm-hmm. oh yeah do they have a chance at finding the podium no no rigo's their only chance mike woods is well mike woods is, is mike woods gonna race ef at the tour or is he over at israel right now I'd have to imagine that transfers don't take place until after yeah. the season. No, because I'd imagine so. he'd be over when Chris Froome yeah. is. Yeah. So I'll change it. I do, I do think, you know, Rigo's always going to be a top 10 guy. Yeah. Uh, I, if Mike Woods is as fit as his COVID numbers are showing, he should be up there. What about the David Martinez? I mean, yeah. Gotta, he should at least be mentioned. Yeah, but I don't think he can time trial. Well, and I also think 
three weeks is different than one week, but yeah. Isn't there only one like uphill time trial, individual time trial this year? There's only one time trial and it's uphill. Really? I think there's one other time trial, but there is an uphill time trial, Lance. Interesting. That that kind of changes some of the dynamics is there, here. Is there a prologue? I wonder what there. It's it's actually yeah. There's only one time trial. It's it's um, it it's on the twentieth day. It's thirty six kilometers and it's uphill. That'll huh. be that'll be fun to watch. I think the tour is gonna be fun to watch this year. Yeah, it will be. I yeah. don't disagree. I think we should have like a little segment during our podcast during the next three weeks, like a tour talk. Sure. Tour, yeah, tour talk. Absolutely. Um, here's another question for you. What team is going to be the strongest? I mean, who? Oh, I think all four of us are in agreement on this, right? Unless, well, maybe not. Maybe Evan's going to throw Ineos in there and be like, yep, they're <laughs> they're playing the game. But Jumbo Fisma, I mean, they're Yeah, they they're seem like they have the most late. continuity. They feel like they have like good team chemistry. They're, yep. they're all kind of like all about supporting each other. Versus Enios, it seems like there's a lot of chest pounding going on. The only one that's not really kind of getting in there and being verbose about it is Garrett, and he's just there to do his job. Because that's that's his style. Yeah, he's just a stud. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do think Jumbo Visma is probably the the stronger team for sure. And uh, even to see that Wout Van Aert went out, won the first stage, and then they asked him what his plans for the rest were, and he says, "I'm actually here for Primoz Roglic." So the rest of the this. Dauphiné doesn't matter for me at all. I'm going to work for Roglic, period. And that's exactly what he did for the rest of the tour. Yeah. For the rest for the rest of the Dauphiné. So I think they've got people who have bought into it and they it's it's going to I think they're going to be tough to beat. If you had to throw one other team in there not named Jumbo Visma or Ineos, who would you say would be kind of like a I don't know. I don't want to call them a dark horse, but like kind of like yeah. Hey, we haven't really given this team enough uh, credit, and they might have the the horsepower to get something done here. I'll put two. I think it's going to be Arkea. Uh, Arkea. Uh, A-R-K-E-A. We'll figure out how to pronounce that once they, it's a new sponsor. Uh-huh. So I think Quintana's team. Yep. I think Quintana will be on the podium. I think he's that'd hit be, some really sneaky fitness right that'd now. That'd be interesting. People yeah. around him have said, and this could be just talking up, you know, uh, but – uh, people around him are saying he's in the best fitness of his life. And if he's in the best fitness of his life on a That's tour that has Lance just, cause I just had to re- re- review the route. I'd forgotten. You're right, Lance. There's not long time trials, which means if there was a tour created for Nero Quintana, this is the tour. Evan and I are on the same page here. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, I will say, I think EF and RK are going to be the two teams. Yeah. And it's not going to be as much. I'd love to say like TJ Van Gardner is going to somehow turn it around after the criterion. It's, it's going to be Rigo and, um, Mike Woods. Oh, if Mike if, Woods. if yeah. Mike Woods is going to line up at the tour, because we don't know positive yet if he's going to. I really hope EF has a good showing. Oh, it'd be great to I, see Rick like and Mike team. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think we all, that's our favorite team. Yeah, we all so, like them. Cause I, cause Although I think, Jumbo Visma, I think, I think we're all going to yeah. feel pretty fond I think I think Martinez well. will be a great workhorse for Rigo and Mike I think they're both still better riders than him though so I think that it'll be they'll have a good little core group in those last selections and Quintana just needs to be himself in the mountains yeah. I don't if if Bernal's going in not a hundred percent I don't see him dropping Quintana I mean Quintana's looked super strong in the very small bits we've seen him another yeah, but in, in the Dauphiné uh Quintana couldn't hang yeah, yeah, but I think I think he just came down from altitude too. Like he just came down from altitude, so I I just don't think that he even wanted to be racing the criterium. Given the timelines, given all of the COVID stuff, given the fact that yeah. at the end of the day, the Dauphiné doesn't really mean that much. How especially much, two weeks out? Exactly. How yeah. much 
credit do you or how much stock do you put in that and and that's the team's going to play possum during that time period that's just that's the big question this year is did jumbo and and i don't think visma peaked too early but did visma put too much into that race like like did did they show all their cards and then roglic crashes crutchwick getting a dislocated shoulder or not dislocated shoulder crutchwick had a bad crash too he dislocated a shoulder yeah Yeah. was that him and not buchman i know i know buchman's out i wasn't sure what buchman's injury was yeah but yeah it was him um that's losing a lot. Yeah. Kreshwick is huge for He's them. a question mark. He's not out, but that's I can't imagine coming back and riding in the tour yeah. with that kind of shoulder pain. It's, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And yeah. then another, and I know Lance, you know, if we're, if we're going to point to the criterion, which I do believe there's some performances in the criterion that are important to look at, uh, UAE's uh, Pojakar, the young young rider from uh, yep. uh, Slovenia, uh-huh. who went toe-to-toe with Roglic in the Slovenia National Championship. He's another one that, I mean, that's a guy well. who could sneak in there, especially on a mostly mountainous three weeks. He he is he was right up there with Sepkus to the very end. Yeah. All right, I've got a couple of the questions, but let's do this real quick first. Um, let's get into our predictions. Um, let's just start with the, the the big one, the yellow jersey. Who are you guys going to put your money behind? I well, no one wants to mine. go first. I, I got mine. I'll, I'll, I want to go against who like what. Okay, so I want to go, go against whatever I'll you guys first, say, then, just for so the that fun Matt of can that. Say this. So, in in classic me fashion, I will ch- completely change from what I believe two weeks okay. ago. Uh, not narrow Quintana is going to win the Tour de France. That's great. Oh, wow, that's yeah. a great prediction. Yep. I say Roglic. Roglic, I think, is a good prediction. I like boo, that. One. Boring, boring. <laughs> boo. <laughs> uh, Lance, I'm right there with you, Roglic. All right, uh, then I'm going to go Egan Bernal because that's yeah. Yeah, that's an equally seems, boring pick, but smart. Choice, yeah. It's a bo- yeah, it's a boring <laughs> pick, but then it, then we're all different or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, I could, I don't know, I could guess something else more fun. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, green jersey. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah, um, I think this one I, might be more interesting. It, maybe I think that uh, I think that uh, Wout has a chance for it, but oh, he's going to so have hope. to temper himself because he's going to need to work for the team in the mountains. So I'm going to say Sagan. That's exact. I think we're all thinking the exact same thing. That's. <laughs> I'm not. Just, I'm not going to. So bet. fun to see. Wow. I am not going to bet against Peter Sagan winning yeah. the green jersey. That that guy has figured out how to win the green jersey. Like yep. He's he's That's done true. it so many times. Got it down to a science. Yeah. I think I think Wout will win some stages and be the most yeah. exciting cyclist in in the tour in the early stages and those moving day stages. There's there's going to be a day where they call them moving day stages, which basically just means it's like a flat rolling day where the break yeah. usually gets away. Yep. There's always crosswinds on a stage like that, and I am sure Walt's going to get out there and drive some breakaway group that's going to create a split, and there are going to be some early favorites that lose a ton of time because Jumbo yeah. Visma is going to be out there hammering the pace and create a split. Gotcha. Yeah. It's He'll happened win, like he's going to win some stages. It happens like every two years, like every single two years. There was one year where Lance was out there and gapped Alberto Contador, who was on his own team. Right. Yeah. It, it always happens on a moving day stage. So your um, pick map for green, green was um, Peter. Peter. Yeah. I think well. so. I think that's the safe bet. Gotcha. Uh, polka dot. I don't know. Who's our climber? Pojakar. Pojakar. Yeah. Pojakar wins a polka dot. All right. Hold on. I'll say Roman Bardet. Oh, that's, how how disappointing would that be for France? <laughs> they don't win the tour again, and they win the polka dots. <laughs> I just want to say Richard Ferrand. Yeah. <laughs> so you say Roman Bardet? Yep. I'm gonna. I'll go take a flyer on Sepkus. That'd be awesome. Oh, I would wow. love to see Sep win it. That would be super amazing. That would be so. Cool I wonder if that'll be a goal of Gosh, his. Actually, that would be really. He won't be able to get away. 
I don't think it'll be, he'll be working for the team. He'll be saving it for the end. So he won't get points in the mid. That's why anyway. That's why I'm thinking Pojakar's because <clears throat> like UAE may fall apart a little bit and then Pojakar's just going to go out there and just try to get Do points. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah he, he's yeah. just going to be in the, the breakaway each day. All right. Um, Best young rider, white jersey. Who you guys got? Sepkus. Kuss? That's my bet. I've got Sepkus as well. Yep. yep. Sure. I'll say Bernal. Bernal. Okay. All right. Hold on a second here. I'm, I'm jotting all this down. Do we have a hot take one? Like I, I one guess I major have to say take. I should have to say Bernal because <laughs> yeah, you got him <laughs> for the win. Gotcha. You can be excited. Say Sorry, who'd you take, second. Matt? I have to pick Bernal, Bernal. Yeah, because he's my pick for yellow. So gotcha. Awesome. Um, how old is Bernal? Twenty-three. Yeah. So you have to be twenty-five or under, right? Twenty-five or younger. Yeah. Yep. Is he twenty-three or is he twenty-four? Was I he twenty-three he's last 23. year? Ooh, that's a good question. He may have been twenty-three last year. I'll look it up. How old is he? Sepp? Is twenty-three. How old is Sep? Is Sep twenty? Twenty-five. Oh, Sep's twenty-five. Correct. I thought gotcha. he was way younger than no, that. No, I no, no. was reading about him yesterday. Okay. He's twenty-five years yeah. old. He's so. been around for a bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, team. Who's Best team. Yeah. Uh, Fisma. Visma, Matt. Visma. Oh, I think all of us think that Jumbo Visma is going to be the best team. They're looking so good. Because it's mostly I'm gonna who's say the Ineos. most active. I'm just going to say Ineos. Yeah. I'm just going to say Ineos, just because one out of because you can even one win a team of, award and not be on the podium. It's just about like where's yeah. a lot of your primary guys. Yeah. <laughs> Movie star. Um, Movie star. <laughs> if you guys were going to pick your podium, who would your podium be? Just your top three, for overall. Mm-hmm. Evan, I'm going to go. Oh boy. Okay. I know I know Roglic has to be in there. So so I'm going Quintana. I'm gonna say Roglic two. And then three. God three I've got like four guys in my head for three, so I just need to pick somebody. I'm going way outside pick here. I'm going Mike Woods number three. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love that. I, I think Mike Woods is that good. I really do think on a mostly climbing tour, Mike Woods is gonna He's going to do something amazing. Be, so you say Quintana, be, Bernal, then Woods? No, no, no. Quintana, Roglic. Oh, Roglic. Gotcha. Woods, I don't think Bernal wins the tour or uh, finishes the tour. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, okay. that, I have That's a lot of questions take. about that, too, where it's like I don't, if things I don't aren't Bernal going finishes. well for him or for Chris Froome, mm -hmm. how many of these people are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to stay in and work hard for my teammates? Like, Or they're yeah. just going to be like, nah, I don't, I'm done. I think that first mountain stage hits and the Ineos train is going to it's gonna be a fall crash. apart. It's my, gonna be my team pick. Is it's gonna, gonna be. be I'm talking carnage that'd be, that'd with Ineos, <laughs> and that's only because like, and that's a major shift for me from two weeks ago. Sure. But I think the criterium's now close enough to where there's two things that happens. It's either I want to see somebody not try at all in the criterium like Quintana and just be like, screw it. I'm, I'm yeah. two weeks is is the tour. That's it. But Ineos was up there trying. Yeah. They were not backing all like. Chris Froome looked very tired when he, th this was not like Chris pulling off and being like, no, you know, just save him, just save him the legs. Right. G looked wrecked when he came off. Sivakov looked like the only guy capable of hanging with the Visma train. I, I could see it being a very different tour. Yeah. But my yeah. picks are what they are and they may be exploded after the first week. But yeah. <laughs> what were your picks again, Matt? My top, my top three are going to go um, Egan Bernal. And then uh, I'm going to say um, Roman Bardet. For second, Roman <laughs> Bardet. Oh my god! Oh, I uh, forgot. And then okay. and then Roglic. So, oh, I've got a fun uh, fourth and fifth pick. 
Pino and Bardet, just because they'll be just outside the podium. Oh, they'll lose in the last <laughs> stage. You know, somehow they'll get dropped on the Champs Elysees and God. lose it by five <laughs> seconds. Champs Elysees. <laughs> Lance, who's your podium? Uh, Roglic one, Bernal second, and Thibaut Pinot third. That's a good okay. pick, Lance. That that Thibaut that third Pino? pick is third. a very good pick. Yeah, he's due. He's definitely he's due. definitely due. <laughs> and and honestly, shot. he honestly, yeah, he's he's been a solid pick. He just always has one bad day, right? Where, yeah, he, you know, he'll be right in the mix and then way out of the mix after having one bad day. Well, <laughs> last year it was what was it? He like. Hit his quad on the yeah. handlebars and had a contusion and then had to drop out. <laughs> yeah, or... he was hurt really bad and then he he started the next day. Yeah, and what's out. our listenership like in France? In France, because huge, we're huge. In we France. trended there at one point in time. We I did. don't know what that means. But... I probably ruined that for us. <laughs> I've got me and a buddy of mine. So I've I have a very good friend of mine who absolutely hates Italian cyclists. <laughs> and I am obviously a huge fan of Italian cyclists being Italian and Panatani being my favorite cyclist of all time. Oh, man. So uh, it's, it's funny, but we both can agree that historically it's really funny to watch French cyclists fail at the tour. <laughs> I mean, literally, they, it's been Bernard Hanault, who anybody who loves cycling should love Bernard Hanault. He was the quintessential hard, hard person of cycling. Sure. And just since then, it has been. Just Failure. disappointment after disappointment. Outside of Richard Veronk, who was a great climber but never won the tour. Outside yeah. of that, I mean, we're talking Pino and Bardet have years of disappointment on their shoulders oh, right now. I, yeah, and that can't feel good. No. Can you imagine that no. last time trial if Pino starts to crack and he's like, let's just say he's in the yellow and starts to crack. Can you imagine the pressure on him? Of like, oh no, it's okay. We just haven't, you know, won the tour in like forty years. So you know, if you could just, <laughs> if you could just not screw this up, man, that'd be great. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, just so I'm on the record, my picks are going to be Primos. He'll win. Bernal takes second, and Quintana third. So those are my good. picks. Those are good yeah. picks. Cool. Um, just real quick, who's going to have the most stage winch? Which team? Uh, Visma. Visma. I I'll say. And that's just because I think Wild's going to win like three or four stages. Gotcha. Lance? Yeah. And so will Roglic. I say Visma too, because Roglic is going to win mountain stages. Oh, and he can't win the mountain stages because then I'm gonna wrong. going to win some sprint stages. Gotcha. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement on that one. And then I already kind of came out and said this one. Who's going to be the biggest disappointment of the Tour de France 2020? Ineos in general. The entire team. The entire team? The I, entire team of Ineos. I what about just an individual, though? I could see Chris Froome being like, I'm on the team. I'm here to work, and then just not feeling good, and being like, "What yeah. am I doing?" and but, dropping out. Yeah, that would be a huge that, that would be a, for, for for me. Then it's got to be Bernal would be the biggest disappointment. Bernal him not even huge. being on the podium would be a massive disappointment. That would be a huge disappointment. But I'll but I'll go with Bernal being the biggest disappointment. Gotcha. Um, go ahead, uh, Quintana. I think he's just oh, gonna come on. fall apart. <laughs> I don't even know if that would be a huge disappointment. I almost expect I kind of I almost expect that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I like it. I kind of like him. Well, then here, here here's the other thing is let's say like if Bardet doesn't do well, is that a disappointment? Or are people <laughs> just are, are people just <laughs> like, just "Oh, okay, you well, know, I mean, he I was, mean, it's hugely disappointing for France, right?" I mean, yeah. but I, when, when disappointment but, is the standard, yeah, you're right. Then is it actually more shocking if he was to actually go and like get on the podium? It, and it's, do it's way more shocking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Matt, the tour's big, built for him. Who's your big disappointment? This is biggest disappointment. I'm gonna say I don't want to say Chris Froome, but I'm gonna say Chris Froome for me. All right. Yeah. Who wins on the Champs Elysees? Ooh, that's last a good stage. Question. Who wins the sprint on the Champs Elysees? It's never who you think it's gonna be. I think like Peter Sagan could do something like that. Yeah. 
because yeah. he's crafty. And and here's the thing: like a lot of your sprinters are going to be gone after three weeks. Like your true, especially sprinters. on this tour, because this tour is going to be different. I think a lot of those big power guys may be gone. Caleb Ewing. Caleb Ewing's a great pick. That's a great pick. He's he's he'd yeah. be scrappy. He'd be, yeah. he's, he's scrappy, and he can make it through three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I actually want to say that uh, the, the the problem is I don't think he'll make it to that point, or if he'll even be on the team or allowed to. Is I want to say Grotewagen's going to win. Hmm. Yeah. He's he's the biggest watt sprinter in the world right now. I don't think anybody's I got bigger I watts than him. He might not even start. Though. I know. He might not even I, make the team. I don't think he's even allowed to start. But, <laughs> but I mean, I think if he's there and he's on the Champs Elysees, I don't think anybody's going to out sprint him in a pure power sprint. Sean Slezay is a pure power sprint. Yep. Gotcha. Lance, who's yours? I'm going to say Caleb Ewing, too. I, I love that guy. Gotcha. I think there's a lot of team, you know, there's a lot of team aspects to that particular sprint as well. So I would I would say Wout Van Art, but I think he's going to be behind the sprinters with his team going across arm in arm as Primoz Roglic wins the tour. So Drinking I don't think champagne. he's going to contend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matt, who was your pick? Uh, I said Peter Sagan. Oh, Sagan for yeah. the Champs, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think so. He's. I think it's a it, teams are going to play a huge role in it, but he's the guy that's not going. He's going to do it without the team. Do you know be the greatest thing so. ever to watch is if Champs Elysees stage has basically been the same for the last years and I mean yeah. as long as I've been watching the tour, I can remember. I would love to see a breakaway of like Woot and Alaphilippe get away from the field, those two, and just like. Be like, let's see what happens. Somehow pull it off. And then, like, <laughs> Woot just out sprint Al Philippe at the end. Yeah. That Do you know could, how exciting it would be to that, see the Champs Elysees stage be that? That would be year? amazing to watch. It's yeah. never going to happen. No, if they no. go so fast when they get the teams working oh, in the yeah. front, I mean, they are. Just, that top sprint's like 43, 44 miles an hour. It's so fast. They're going like roughly what cars in the Pacific Northwest on highways go. Right. And that, yeah. those roads are, <laughs> yeah, <it's> sketch. <laughs> Have you ridden the Champs on Zwift yet? Um, have I? I have not. Yet. I don't think so. I, I don't think I've ever. I did yet. that no. earlier this week. Did you? Yeah. I actually rode a bicycle on the Champs Elysees for like five seconds. Really? Scary? Yeah. Uh, no. There. Well, actually, yes, because it is. It is highly trafficked, and there's not like. Tra- it's not what you would picture, like a New York show. You know, we have like lines. Yeah. There's like no, it's like the wild, wild west. Right. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> Go anywhere really you is. want to. Yeah. It's just like don't hit other cars is the only rule. And that's then, like, funny. You know, and when that's you, a loose rule. When you loop around, it's like you know, just make sure you're not like going off your line, basically. There's, yeah. Exactly. There's supposed to be kind of some rules on like here's how you you're supposed to merge and yeah. But yeah. I'd be terrified of driving France. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> that's all good information right there. One last little quick question. We'll just talk about this real quick. Drug testing and oh. has it been happening over the last five to six months? And do we expect to see anything different in this particular Tour de France since people have maybe been flying under the radar, building fitness, and getting said drugs out of systems? I think that it could, you, especially the first week, we could just see fireworks where it's like, whoa, who's this guy? We don't even know his name. That's, and that's what I'm expecting. The top 10 is going to have somebody you've never heard of. Like some 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 guy who's just gonna come out of like, but I think like the French continental team, just some dude, yeah, totally. <laughs> who's yeah. like somehow in the final selection every day. But so, but it'll I think means, it'll be the first. That week. means you guys all think that uh, basically it's it's still the wild west, and if you can get away with doping, they're all still doping. That's what you think. I think it became the wild west the last four to five months. I mean, I think there hasn't been doping the doping control of any sort. The, the last four or five months, which means they're going, they're stopping their micro dosing and they're going full tilt, full macro dosing. But then, 
<laughs> full tilt macro. And now they're going to scale back to their micro dosing for racing because they are going to drug test after every race, I'm sure, I would think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, but, but still, you're, that first week, right? You're still, I mean, there's a lot of effects of well, and then all that's that And then that's the question. Now, this is where we can get into the conspiracy minute. Sure. So with the conspiracy minute, maybe, maybe Bernal decides to drop out, not because his back is hurting, but because there may be some testing going on after that stage and Ineos has connections and they know like, Hey, after the stage, we're getting tested, you know, Egon, let's go ahead and cut it. And we're going to take out. you directly to the hospital and back to the hotel room, right? Yeah. Where the, the team doctor yeah. is. Can't, don't have time to go to the finish line. Yeah. That okay. could even be a Quintana could have been like, Hey man, you know, we need to be really careful in the criterion. We need not throw up red flags here. So do we know for a fact that they have not been drug testing at all? During this whole no, COVID, we don't time. know that. For I fact. had seen that on a couple no. of the pro cyclists' I, um, Instagrams. They they were talking about how they hadn't yeah. been tested. Interesting. That's that, that's where I'm getting was, that information from. So it that's was just well known on the running side of things that, that they were not that they didn't have money. They didn't have people that could go out during. Co I mean, think about it. Like you you're going to take you're going to fly a person mm -hmm. to someone else's house. Yeah. To go to a random drug test? No way. Like yeah. it breaks all the COVID rules. Yep. yep. So, ain't I did see that there were some. Um, it was a triathlete. I think it was Richard Murray got tested. Someone got busted recently. Like some, I have to look it up. Yeah. I just, U.S. It, masters. It's just, I mean, if you look at, if you take a hundred professional endurance athletes, and even though I do like to believe most people are good, if you tell, if, if they get whiff that, Hey, there's going to be really light testing for the next few months here. Yeah. And we're going to get back to racing at the right at the end of those few months. Think about maybe fifty of them may consider it. Like fifty yeah. of them probably going to be like, okay, this is my livelihood. Yeah, this season looked rough. I need sponsorships for next year, or I need to stay on this team, or yeah. I want to win the tour. And just to be clear, you don't actively have to be on any of these uh, performance enhancing drugs at that moment oh, no. to get benefits. You there's a lasting like mm -hmm. lasting effect that you get to ride that wave for a bit of time before it's fully it's, out of the it's system. It's more about did you take the correct dosages of drugs to enhance your training? Mm -hmm. It's the training effect. There's, I mean, yeah, you can take stimulants and things like that before races like they right. did sure. for years and years in the 60s and 70s, but the the, the real you're training on EPO. heyday is you're training on EPO, you're training on a different type of steroids that can help recovery. Right. And then totally. you are recovering well and mm. your aerobic capacity is increasing because of yep. EPO and you are now training 40 so you, hours a week, like out of your mind. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can do, it's easy, much easier to do that seven day, seven hour day back to back mm -hmm. with as, opposed to, sprinkle as opposed to doing five hours a day and you know, you're going to recover just fine. Mm -hmm. And you do that for three months and then you get off the good stuff and you microdose until you get it. Yeah. And then you know that and you're you probably, not going to be, you probably don't feel hundred percent because you're not doing what you did, you know, yeah. three weeks ago, but still then that you, first week of racing. Yeah. You cruise into the tour clean and then you're good to go. Yeah. Interesting. I sure hope that's not the case. I would love to see oh, the, makes uh, for so the much good conspiracy talk yeah. tour to be just clean. <laughs> so I should ask Phil Guyman what he thinks about all this. Oh, Phil, Phil will tell you the, the, the tour clean would be so slow. There'd be so many guys dropping out too. <laughs> that's such a hard three weeks. Like they I'm sure to. if you ask Phil, like, Hey, if everybody did the tour the way that you did, what would it look like? He'd be like, Oh man, guys would be slow. There yeah. would be You'd <laughs> have to bolster the teams back up to 10 riders. You would, yeah. You, you'd probably need to, and they would need to make it less hard. The the, the routes would be, you wouldn't see stage 19 yeah. have like four categorized one climbs. Yeah. Like, that'd be terrible. Interesting. All right, well, let's call that a wrap on our uh, 
TDF stuff for the week. Um, we will definitely jump into it a little bit in the weeks to come, especially when it starts. Uh, we'll be talking Tour de France like we always do, which is a good time. Uh, let's jump into one last thing. Evan, I'm going to let you and Matt go first. Um, Evan, kick us off with one last thing. One last thing. Um, everybody should... Oh God, I, I always <laughs> I always lose it on on on, on the one last thing. Um, no, uh, legitimately, please everybody review like really get your hydration like plan going down in, into like these next two weeks because it's still going to be hot. And I know that I was just talking with a group this morning and other people that are like, I don't think that in the Pacific Northwest we really planned for this level of heat, and I think we were still trying to hydrate like we were two months ago, and you really need to look at what your solute balance is in your drinks. Sneaks up on you very quickly. It does. Very cool. Matt, one last thing. I always have a video to chat about, and this week's no different. Go check out the new video talking about the Wahoo Kicker 2020 edition, version 5 of the um, Smart Trainer. Yep. And uh, it's one of our favorites, I think. Yeah. It's one of our favorite trainers, and they updated it. Basically, they added a little bit of a rocker to it, uh, which doesn't look like it's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, But it's there. And then um, I think it's a little bit more accurate. So instead of like 2%, it's down to 1% accuracy, uh, plus or minus 1% as far as power accuracy goes. And then the other big piece of that is that that particular smart trainer... Uh, doesn't require calibration. That is going to be nice. So yeah, I mean, know, it's, it's just another funny, little thing. Those little axis feet. I think that's what they're calling yep. them, is axis, right? Uh, yeah. Which why do they call it axis feet? I don't know. They're naming Wahoo needs to work on their naming. There's the Wahoo uh, Element Rome, Wahoo Element Bolt. Like they can do better than this. The yeah. Kicker Core, the <laughs> Kicker Snap, and then we just have our Kicker. Whoop! Why well, isn't doesn't have the rest of the name? I don't know. Yeah. But like, but they've got these little feet on there. This uh, like elastomer yeah. feet that allow it to kind of rock back and forth. Yeah. I've always advised people or just suggested to people that they do it the way that I do. Um, I use a special rubber mat that's really nice for soaking up Jake Lake, the big puddle yep. that I put underneath yep. there. But I put it on top of carpet and then the feet actually will, um, you can adjust those so that you can keep it so it's firmly planted on the ground if you get an uneven surface. I've always put them up about a millimeter or two and been on top of that mat, which is on top of carpet. It allows it to naturally rock yeah. back and forth, which is going to be pretty much what this is doing. So I'm kind of curious to see how it compares to how I've been riding for It'll be great to, to check that out because that's the same thing for yeah. me. Yoga mat on top of carpet. Yep. And you're not going to be able to notice it. Yeah. You're not going to notice the difference. Yeah, I'm just I curious. I, I'm, I'm, I like the idea. I think it's a fantastic idea because that really helps your body kind of withstand. It uh, yeah, it gives it a little bit of a I think it's a feel. great idea. I think the only time you would notice this is if you took it out to the concrete like yep. parking lot or something like yep. that and you like really checked it that way. Yeah. I just don't think that there's enough give. Um, I think people play, have been doing tennis balls and stuff like that. Yeah. I've never tried that. but We'll see. We've got a pile of them on the way here. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be checking I mean, it's them worth out. getting, if you're getting a smart trainer, get get the current edition, yep. unless you want to save a little bit of money, but I think get the current edition. Yeah. Any inside information on any videos that might be coming out this week from the Matt LeGrand channel? Um, I it's might. still TBD. No. Yeah, exactly. I've just got to get my head out of the water. Um, no, I love, I have a review, a watch review of the Polar Grit X that I'd love to get out. I don't see it happening this week, probably next week. Some sort of parody of Iron Man taking people's race money oh, and not yeah. giving their, um, but that's going to be short. I don't know if it even qualifies as a full video. That might be all I have time for this week. Uh, but there's a whole, there's rumored of a ton of different devices coming out. Uh, Garmin supposedly is going to kind of start to process stuff a little faster. So potentially they might have a new smart like triathlon watch. 
They're talking about that having some cool. like LTE, like so you could have like cellular connection on your really? watch. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so there's rumors of like a new running watch, a new triathlon watch, uh, and then maybe one other thing. But anyway, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be coming out, which should be fun this fall. I'll see if I can get a scoop on that. Yeah. That would be fun. Hey, Lance, one last thing. Uh, looks like I might be able to do one more race this season. Um, there is a mountain bike race happening in Sisters, Oregon over Labor Day weekend called the Sisters Stampede. It is normally a Memorial Day weekend race, but they've been able to figure out how to do it uh, socially distant and in time trial format with um, timing chips. And it looks like I might be lining up at that race. Is that going so to be the last ride for the mustache? It might be i all, all all plans are soft on that front we have not had our mustache talk today i could see the mustache right now we've got the video skype thing going on it's uh it's kind of all over the place lance you know what's let not it go. Soft. lance's mustache it's a little, because he puts so much gel in it it is very firm <laughs> it's, it's completely out of control actually this yeah, has I been can't. mustache talk it has taken on a life of its own would you say lance it's what's that it has, has it taken on a life of its own yeah, it's it's actually so long that now my right side will actually it actually bends down naturally instead of bending up, and I've been fighting it all week. <laughs> uh, Sully needs to hit the gym, man. He's getting a little soft. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my one last thing is the day this comes out, which will be Wednesday the nineteenth. Um, that will be the start of our one hundred days of riding. I'm going to post Whoa. some stuff up on the social medias, um, but if you're interested in joining us on that. Um, if you do 100 consecutive days of riding starting on Wednesday, August 19th, you will finish your 100th ride on Thanksgiving. So you can be thankful for 100 days of riding. You can do indoors on that? You can do indoors. You can do outdoors. Um, The only caveat is that it is an hour long. And I will be posting some stuff up. Um, If you join the Dialed Cycling Strava group, I'm going to post up some stuff there, and then I'll post some stuff up. I'll probably do it on the the Facebook page as well as the Dialed Cycling Facebook page um, for everybody to follow. And if you want to join the club or the the, the group thing on there, um, i got to figure out a way to have everybody be able to post to something. But if you actually do all of the rides, we will either – maybe just have a couple people. I'm going to do like a little giveaway for the people that finish the the rides, do all 100 of them. If there are a lot of people, I'll probably up the ante just a little bit. We'll do a drawing of everybody who finished um, to win a prize. So I thought that'd be kind of a fun little way to incentivize people to go out and do uh, 100 days of riding for a minimum of an hour each day. That's a lot. That's 100 a lot hours of riding. of riding. Yep. So that should be fun. Look for that to come out. Um, anything else from y'all? That's it. Awesome. Um, oh, Sounds our, good. Yeah, our Patreons, uh, just thank you to all you guys. You guys are awesome. We're going to be doing another drawing here in the next week or two. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen next week or the week after that. But if you are interested in becoming a patron, go to dialpodcast.com. You will see the Patreon link there on our homepage. You can click on through and yourself become a Patreon. Um, we do little raffles and well, not raffles, but drawings. And there's other little things, little perks in there that you can get. And we greatly appreciate your help. It's going to help us really push this out to uh, a whole new audience through ways of marketing and whatnot so thank you um i think that's it we will see you guys all next week thank you for joining us for another dial podcast have a great week bye for now